I'm gonna ask you one more time. Are you excited to be in church today? Are you excited to jump into week three of Reclaim the Table? We started this series a few weeks back and Pastor Rob opened it up and said, we need to reclaim the table. The table is too important to let it slip by in our families, in the different moments that we lead, we need to reclaim it. He talked about the Bible started with eating food in the garden and the Bible ends with eating food at the marriage supper of the lamb. The whole Bible's filled with examples of food and how it can speak to us and preach to us. It's an amazing series that we're a part of. He, he talked about little stats in our family that, that the average dinner used to be 90 minutes long. And in today's culture, today's world, the average dinner is 12 minutes. And we got to change that as the church. We got we to own this area with our families and helping it's the moments that we can disciple our children and bring people into our homes and love on them, no matter who they are or where they come from. We got to reclaim the table. In week two, he talked about the different feasts and the different festivals that the Jewish people would celebrate year after year after year and how, how simple some of this stuff, it's, it's simple thing, these, the food items and the different objects and how it can speak to us in our life and be life, truly life-changing. And today, in week three, I'm well aware that Thanksgiving is a few weeks away, but today, in Reclaim the Table, we are gonna celebrate Thanksgiving. Is that okay with everybody? As Christ followers, we need to be marked with gratitude. We need to be marked with thanksgiving. I believe we should be the most grateful people on planet earth because we are well aware of what Jesus has done in our life. We are constantly remembering Jesus has saved me from far more than I deserve. He's been better than we've earned. Anybody thankful for God's just blessings on your life for his protection, for his grace, for his mercy, the miracles that he's done in your, in your family? This is the 11, 11 o'clock service, so I'm gonna, let it, I'm gonna let it go. I'm gonna preach it like I feel it. Is that okay? I'm just gonna go for it. In the Old Testament, the, the Israelites, they would bring sacrifices to the temple. They would, they would literally, they would take a whole day, they'd pack up and we're gonna bring sacrifices to the temple. One of those sacrifices was called Toda and it was the sacrifice of thanksgiving. When they, were when they felt like their family was delivered from great peril, delivered from an enemy, delivered from disaster, they felt like God showed up in their life, they would come to the temple and they would offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving. Pastor Rob, last week, he explained what the Passover was. And the Passover was the Israelites remembering that they had been freed from slavery, from the Egyptians. They were remembering that when the death angel came in that moment, they had the blood of the lamb over their doorposts. And in that moment, the death angel passed over their house and saved their family. They would celebrate it every single year. The Lord's Supper, communion, I'm gonna talk about that in a little bit. The, the communion moment, that was a moment of Passover, but it was also a shifting moment. Pastor Lindsay did a great job explaining that that moment, the Lord's Supper, he was explaining, no longer do you need the blood of a lamb. No longer do you have to bring uh, an, an animal to, of sacrifice to the temple. But I, Jesus saying, I am the unblemished lamb. He lived a perfect life and his blood it ran down that cross and he was the sacrifice. No longer do we have to celebrate it just once but we get to celebrate with our whole lives that Jesus has saved us, that we, and far more than deliverance from slavery in Egypt, but deliverance from eternity in hell and our eternal destination is now, we get to spend eternity with Jesus. Anybody thankful for your new destination? We get to spend eternity with the living God, not because of what we've done, but because of what he did on the cross. 
We're going to go to Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to read the story of the Lord's Supper, where, where Jesus had that moment. And so if you could go with me. Starting in verse 17, it says, Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Where will you have us prepare to eat the Passover? He said, go into the city to a certain man and say to him, the teacher says, the time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. I love that. Jesus just invites himself and a whole bunch of dudes over to somebody's house, some random guy. Teacher says, we're, we're doing Passover at your house. The disciples did as Jesus had directed them and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, Jesus reclined at the table with the 12. Down to verse 26, it says, now as they were eating, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup and when he had given thanks, he said to them saying, drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many of the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with you in my father's kingdom. Today, if you're taking notes, the title of the next few moments, and we've got about 25 minutes left. If you're new to church and you're wondering how long the service is, we got about 25 minutes, so if you can hang on. But the title today is we need to reclaim the tables of thanksgiving. Reclaim the tables of thanksgiving. Let's pray one more time as we open up. Jesus, we recognize that your spirit's here. And Lord, I just pray that beyond anything else, your voice would be the loudest and the clearest in our life, that we would hear your voice. You would teach us, you would change us from the inside out, that we could leave challenged, leave different, more like you. Help us to be the most grateful, thankful people on planet earth. Help us, I believe we can do it with the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. Pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, was anybody uh, a Boy Scout or a Girl Scout growing up? Raise your hand. Man, somebody was real proud about that. That's great. Uh, come on, raise your hands. Hi, Boy Scout, Girl Scout, Cub Scout, whatever it was. I don't know all the Scout names, but we got a whole bunch of Scouts. That's great. Feel safe in here. This is amazing. I'm, I'm a church kid. I grew up in the church uh, and we had something in church at the time. And so I grew up, uh, maybe, you know, maybe you've heard of it because it's, it's Pretty famous. I was a Royal Ranger. We got any Royal Rangers in the house? There's three of us over here. It's nice. Everybody else being, you're just being kind. It's great. I grew up a Royal Ranger. It was just like Boy Scouts, I think. Um, and they would give us, they would give us different certifications, different badges for uh, learning different skills. And one of the badges that you would get in Royal Rangers uh, after learning a certain uh, skill was, it was called the cut and chop card, the cut and chop card. The three of us that are together, anybody, you remember the cut and chop card? You would learn how to handle sharp objects, which is a great skill in life to know how to handle safely sharp objects. They would give you the cut and chop card after you had learned how to handle these things. And one of the things that they taught you is how to give and receive a, a knife. I don't know how much in life we're passing knives around, but apparently we need to know how to do this. And so I'm going to teach you right now how they taught us to, to safely pass a knife from one person to the other person. You would take, let's say like a pocket knife, you'd, you'd take it out with the blade uh, in your hand so that the person receiving it could grab onto the handle and the blade would be facing out so you don't accidentally cut yourself as you're passing it out. And, and the person handing the knife, you would you have to say that this is the rules of passing a knife. Apparently, at least in Royal Rangers, you say, got it? And the person on the other end would have to, before the other person would let go, you'd have to grab the handle and say, thank you. So this is what we learned. You just have to do it. Got it? Thank you. Got it? Thank you. 
it didn't really work very well for me. I, I, I got my ch- cut and chop card, but uh, my first powwow ever, I was cutting wood with a hatchet. It bounced right off the, the log into my leg and they revoked my cut and chop card before it even started. So I'm still a little salty about it. But the, here's the point, here's the point. That to, 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 to receive something, the proof and the confirmation of receiving something is thanksgiving. How we live our lives, the proof that you have received the grace of God is our lives of thanksgiving. Got it? Did you receive it? Did you get it? Has Jesus saved you? Then we live a life of response, of thanksgiving and of gratitude. In every moment, no matter what we face, our response is thank you, thank you, thank you. This is how we live our lives, thank you. Today I'm gonna talk about three tables that the spirit of thanksgiving has to just overflow out of our lives. Three different tables let thanksgiving overflow. The first table, as we did it today, is the table of communion. The table of communion. Let me read 1 Corinthians chapter 11. It says uh, in verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. This is Paul talking. That the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took the bread and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do it in remembrance of me. In the same way, he also took the cup after saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and you drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I believe that every time we take communion, we need to do it with the spirit of thanksgiving, the spirit of gratitude. The proof is in the actual name of that moment. If you grew up maybe in a Catholic church, you would have heard this word. It's called the Eucharist. The Eucharist, this moment of taking communion together as a church, the Eucharist, it actually means to give thanks. The reason we do it in remembrance of God is because Jesus knew that our minds are frail. Our humanity is frail. We are quick to forget. And so every time we do it, we need to do it with, with to give thanks thanks and do it in remembrance of Jesus. We need, to, we need to come into worship. Every time we come to church, when we show up to church and we're in the presence of God here, in the house of God, these are all just phrases that we use in the church. When we come to church, we need to have the most grateful heart. You could have had a bad day. You could have had a bad week. You could be having a tough life, but you come into a place like this and it's with gratitude and thanksgiving, all God's done. That should be our countenance on our face. That should be the attitude and how we treat people. We need to have this overflowing of thanksgiving and gratitude. I grew up, like I said, a pastor's kid and communion to me as a kid was uh, really just, I was excited to drink all the extra communion grape juice. Uh, so at the end of service, they'd have all the extras in the trays, just like we passed out. And we would just chug the little cups of grape juice as much as we could. That was communion to me. That's why I love communion. But over time, obviously the, my view of it has developed. And I think about this, think about this, that over the last 2000 years, since Jesus instated this moment saying, do it in remembrance of me, how many Billions of people around the world have celebrated communion. In atmospheres just like this, but also in homes and even by themselves, Christians around the world that have celebrated communion. There's power in the fact knowing we're not alone in this. This is a global faith. This is, this is for all of humanity. And the, 
there's been billions of people that have celebrated communion. That's an amazing thing. But even just a couple weeks ago, I was in Northeast Turkey leading Global Team Turkey. And we were, we were in Northeast. There's, there's three states in a row. We were in each state each night. But we celebrated communion with some of the only Turkish believers that are from that area. The, the only no, that we know of. Uh, the organization that we're working with there. The, they're the only believers that we know that are there. And it was seven of them. Out of millions of people in that area, seven of them, and we had a church service. And the, the missionary there, he goes, this is the biggest Christian conference we've ever had in Northeast Turkey. It's, this is amazing, you know. It's 100% turnout, you know. And uh, we, we celebrated communion. And it's not just the power in the many that have done it together over the last 2,000 years. But it's the fact that right now, on the other side of the world, there's people standing by themselves remembering what Jesus has done for them, remembering the goodness in their life. And they are some of the most grateful, thankful people, even though they stand alone and a lot of them standing in danger and a lot of them losing their jobs because now they're following Jesus. It's an amazing thing. Let's celebrate communion every single time with gratitude and thanksgiving. Let's come into the house of God with gratitude and thanksgiving. The second table, here's the second table where the spirit of thanksgiving should just overflow out of us is every table you sit at. Every table you're at. Every meal, Pastor Robin, the first, first message, he said, I challenge you during this series, every meal, don't let a meal go by where you don't pray for that meal. I think it's a great challenge. I think we should do that. When you're at restaurants, Pastor Robin even said, the waiters, the waitresses, when they come over by, say, hey, we're about to pray for our meal. And is there anything that I could pray for you for? And you might think, well, I'm never doing that. I met somebody last night, the 4 p.m. service, a husband and wife, and they said, we, we encountered some people from this church and they prayed for us and God did a miracle in our lives and that's why this is their home. Can we celebrate that where people are finding Jesus Christ because somebody prayed for him? Come on, we should live bold. We should live, uh, just, just our gratitude should overflow in those moments. Let's pray over our meals. Uh, and also, side note, let's tip generously as well. Don't pray for somebody and then don't tip them well. Uh, if you do that, don't tell them you go to River Valley Church. Dear Lord, help us. Let's be generous people. Well, you might say, well, they, they, don't, they didn't deserve it. They, the service was terrible. Have you ever been given something that you didn't deserve? Come on. Eternity in heaven. And you might say, well, yeah, but I was repentant and I gave my life to Jesus. So that, but they weren't repentant and they had a bad attitude and they didn't serve well. Well, the Bible says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the midst of our sin, Jesus went to the cross. He's given us more than we deserve. So let's tip well. Let's be generous. That's a little side note. It wasn't in my notes. We're just gonna go with it. I remember growing up, my dad, again, I said it 14 times, my dad is a pastor and grew up in the church, but uh, we would be out at a restaurant and uh, as a kid, this always bothered me, but the food would hit the table and before the waiter or the waitress could get away, uh, it, it was like they, they put it down in my dad, Jesus, Jesus, we pray right now. Just like he would just jump into it like, oh my goodness. And we'd be goofing off as kids like, okay, it's time to pray. Uh, but that, the, the waiter, the waitress, they, they for sure knew like we're following Jesus. Jeez, and it's too loud. Like, why do you have to pray so loud? Like, it's embarrassing. You ever been in a moment? It's like the guy's like, man, this is not a revival prayer service. We don't, I don't know if we need to do this. My dad was that, he was that. He was like, we're gonna be bold about the way that we live. Our family's different. We were raised, our family's different. We're following Jesus and we wanna give every, every opportunity, let's be bold and let's be grateful for what God's done in our life. 
when I got married uh, over seven years ago, I started having meals, obviously, with my in-laws and, and, and my father-in-law, one of the most gentle men on planet Earth. I, I got to hear how he would open up and pray for a meal. And, and uh, to be honest, I, I was wondering if I was even living for Jesus after he was done with the prayer because this is just a normal Monday night lunch we're having, or Monday night dinner. And we're having tacos and he would, he would pray the whole gospel message. He does this every time. Like, and with the most genuine, authentic uh, just attitude, just God, we thank you that you've saved us, you've rescued us, you've delivered us. We just thank you. Thank you for this family. And he'd pray individual, pray for individuals to say, and Jesus bless this food, amen. It's like, okay, wow, that was a, I'm challenged. I'm challenged. I gotta be, I gotta be better. I gotta love Jesus more. This guy is a legend, man, spiritual giant, you know. It's my father-in-law. Those, those are the examples that I had in my life. But I think that every moment, it's not just meals, but you're a leader. So meetings that you lead, whenever you grab a coffee with somebody. Take moments to pray because it's out of that spirit of just gratitude what God's done in your life that it could be multiplied in somebody else's life. And you pray and believe for a miracle in their life. So that's the second table is every table you sit at. I realize it's more than one table, but here's the third table. It calls us higher. I love that Jesus calls us higher. The third table is the table of your life. The table of your life. Did you realize that your life is really a table that offers up fruit for people to eat. For your, every word that you speak, every action that you make is offering up something to people. And people, people receive that and, and, and it's your choice whether or not it's good or not. And the things that we offer up in this life should give honor and glory to God. I want everything that I say, everything that I do, no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm going through, I want it to give glory and honor to God. I'll prove it to you that fruit is developed in our life. And it's in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. John chapter 15, verse five. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. These fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, it's not just for you, but it's offering up on the table of your life to other people that you would love people like nobody else is loving people that you would react in the midst of, a, of turmoil with great peace, with great kindness, with great gentleness. This should just come out of our lives. This is who we should be. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, this is how we can live. We can live with fruit just coming out of our life that impacts people. And it's out of the spirit of thanksgiving that love shows up. It's out of the spirit of thanksgiving that peace and gentleness and self-control, remembering what God's done. And this is, this is a night, I realize if you've been in church for any length of time, you go, well, this is nice. Of course, during communion, I do this all the time. I've got the right heart. I'm thankful. I realize that you're, and you're doing a great job. You say, I'm doing a great job during communion. That's nice. That's great. Uh, meals, yeah, we, as a family, we pray over the meals and we're doing that, you know. Uh, but but it the next level, we got to leave here with something to take home. We got to leave here 
with a challenge, God, speak to us. What areas of our life need to be, we just have to have overflowing gratitude, overflowing gratefulness. And here's where it is for me. Here's where it is for me. It's not just in the house of God. As a pastor, I realize I'm walking into church. I gotta have the right attitude. I don't care if I had a bad week. I I gotta show up because people are walking into these doors. They don't even know who Jesus is. They don't even know that there's a hope for them. They don't even know that the healer is in the room, that they're gonna encounter God in a real way. But I know that so I can put everything to the side just for a moment and with thanksgiving I can serve some people. And I think we can do that. I think we can do it in our families. I, I would say for me, my family, like I could, praying over my meals and using the table as a moment of discipleship for our children. We can, I, th- I think there's a lot of us here that are doing it. But for me, this is the challenge is it's in the small agitations of our life. How can we continue to have thanksgiving and gratitude flow out of our lives when we have small agitations? The classic example is when you get cut off in traffic. And I've seen some people light it up when they get cut. Like, they might be following Jesus. They might be having a little worship music going on in the car. But somebody cuts them off. And it's like, they, like forget about what Jesus has done for me. I, it's my personal vendetta to go after this person. You might see somebody texting and you're like, nope. And you might save a life actually doing that. Like, but people, you lay on your horn and you get ugly real quick. In the little agitations. The little moments. Why did my boss tell me to do that? Why did he, treat, why did he say that? Why did this happen? The little agitations. And those are the moments, to be honest, as Christ followers, that we explain away. No, I know, I, I know, I know. It's a, the, big, the big stuff I'm doing, I'm doing good. It's not a big deal. There's no throwaway moments. There's no throwaway words that come out of our mouth. That's the moment, the little agitations when we normally, have you ever seen somebody just that, that is, is later in their years and, and for some reason they're acting the same way in those little agitations as they did when they were teenagers. Somehow it's not getting through. It has to get through. It has to seep into these moments of our life. Transform me from the inside out, God. Make me new. I need you, Jesus. Romans chapter 12, verses one and two. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your entire lives as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. And the keys can come. We're gonna close in a second. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. We need to be transformed. By the testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. We need to be transformed in the little agitations of our life. When you find out on Tuesday that your politicians didn't win, that's a small agitation. And are you going to light up Facebook? Are you going to light up social media about your politician not winning? It's the little agitations. Remember that Jesus is still on the throne. We serve him. He's our answer. He's our solution. Let's, let's, it's got to affect that. If it doesn't affect that, what are we doing? It's got to affect every area of our life, and there's no throwaways. Let's be well aware that while we were in the middle of our sin, Jesus went to the cross for us. It's not just in the small agitations, but it also has to seep into, and here's the challenge, in the worst days of our life. If gratitude doesn't get to that point, then we've still got work to do. In the middle of your worst day, 
what can still come out by the power of the Holy Spirit. Did you know you got God living in you? You ever wonder, uh, does God see me? Does he know me? He put, the angels look on at humanity and they're, they're in awe of the fact that God would put his spirit inside of us. Does he care about me? Does he see me? If you're living for Jesus, God himself lives inside of you. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you can on your worst day, in your worst nightmare, still have this, this essence and what exudes from you, this spirit of thanksgiving and gratitude. I want to be a person like Job. He lost his children. He lost his possessions. He lost his own health. And he said, the Lord's given. And that everything that the Lord's given is gone. But still, I'm going to worship Jesus. I'm still, I'm going to serve God. Let's live that way. That in the season of blessing, in the season of breaking, our lives are thankful. Our lives are full of gratitude. Let me read one last scripture and we're going to close. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. You'll never see a command in the Bible that's impossible. So if it says rejoice in the Lord always, it means it's possible to live that way with the power of the Holy Spirit. Again, I'll say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everybody. Are you known for your reasonableness in the small agitations and on your worst days? The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, here's the promise, with thanksgiving, and the peace of God, which surpasses our understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Jesus, we thank you right now for speaking to us in the area of gratitude and thanksgiving. Remind us what we've been saved from. Remind us that there are moments that you've protected us that we, we, we won't know until we get to heaven. Lord, I pray that you would help us let us not be the same people 20 years from now, but transform us from the inside out. Renew our minds. Let the fruit of our life be the fruits of the Spirit to everybody and let it be pleasing to you, God. Change us, Lord. Help us to be more like you. In Jesus' name.